Investing insights with Right Property Group. Exploring trends in real estate and helping property investors gain financial security. G'day, Ryan. How are you going? Phil Tarrant, co-host, Investing Insights with the Right Property Group. Here we are. It's a Friday afternoon and we're just sort of lamenting over when we should time these particular podcasts. Um, we've been doing them now for nearing three years. Uh, it's a really great journey. We do 12 episodes a year navigating property and property investment. Unlike what I normally do on a smart property investment show is me normally having an ag with a whole bunch of uh, property investors. This is my opportunity to deep dive with some of the best experts in this sector to talk about strategies investing in property. And if you've been joining us now for the three years that we've been doing Investing Insights the Right Property Group, you would have seen some very different market environments. I think back to some key milestones uh, when everyone was sitting with their heads in their hands, worrying about um, APRA servicing requirement, how it's going to shape lending moving forward. Then there was a period of time, it gave us six months of commentary, chatting about what would happen when negative gearing got scrapped and how to prepare yourself for it in the run-up to the federal election when um, I think everyone in Australia thought Labor was a shoo-in. And as we all know, that didn't happen. Then running off the back of that, a uh, big increase into the market, running through the backside of 2019, a lot of activity come back into real estate, uh, moving into this year, and then the big COVID hit us, and that's been dominating our narrative for the last couple of months, and will do, no doubt, for years to come. It's going to be, uh, instead of reverting back to the GFC as a, a benchmark for how markets are moving right now, COVID will be the new benchmark. So uh, get used to the word and get used to the narrative and the positioning around it all. So what it tells me is that nothing stays stable in property investment, and the best investors I know are those that are always being reactive and responsive to any situation. That means they're controlling their finances, they're controlling their decision makings, they're controlling the way in which they engage people to support them through property investment, and it's helping them make more informed investment decisions. That's very much what we do on Investing Insights, the Right Property Group. I'm not the brains about this outfit. Join me in the studio, Victor Kumar and Stephen Waters, directors at Right Property Group. Gents, how are you going? Good. Well, going well, mate. That, that was the world's longest. I know it was a long, intro, long that, intro. That, that, yeah, how was good. it? Yeah. It was good. Is it right? It was up there. You yeah. see, I, I read this speech I've got here uh, typed out on a paper. paper. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me say to everybody listening: there is not a word or a piece of writing on that piece of paper. That was just. Off the top of it. Well, I know, I sort of know where we want to go, right? And the feedback we get on investing in size, right? Property group. And let us know. Thank you so much for everyone writing in. We get a real kick out of it. You know, the guys report back saying how much activity we're getting and comments coming through. It's questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au that they like the way we sort of approach it. Like we know where we're going to go. I think we've been in this game long enough to back ourselves to navigate a particular conversation if we go that way. But we've got a, a bit of an understanding of, of what we want to discuss at any given episode without being too scripted so we can't deviate from the norm. So, you know, for me today, you know, a basis of that that introduction was, well, here we are. We're coming out of COVID-19. It's a road to recovery, the big restart, whatever you want to call it. I went out and got some food earlier on, like there's activity happening. People are, mm-hmm. you know, returning back to normal. And you know, I spent a lot of time educating myself, reading myself. I get to speak to guys like you who help me inform my decisions and impressions towards property investment. I read a lot as well. Some of the economic data coming out looks pretty reasonable as well. So, yes, you know, I'm now sitting as Phil Tarrant property investor, not Phil Tarrant co-host of the Investing Insights of Right Property Group, and I'm going, what's the future going to look like for me? So I wanted to sort of paint that picture coming up into this chat about for me, what my decade is. And I really want to frame our, our conversation today around how you go about designing your decade. Don't let the decade control you. You've got to control your decade. You get the choice to do that. And if you're not doing it, guess what? You can start right away, can't you, Steve? That was actually pretty good. Yeah, it is. And then, look, there's an element of design your decade that you will have no control over. And so, control what you can influence, and that is decisions. 
and some of those decisions might be when to start, mm-hmm. what action steps you need to take, and of course, when to sit on your hands and and do nothing or be reactive to the market and opportunistic as opposed to you know, being too stuck in a lane and cemented in a strategy because a strategy, which we'll talk about later on today, is really about the flexibility in the times that you need to pivot or that you should pivot. And COVID has probably highlighted that more so than anything. And you're right, because we have talked about the GFC. That was the pivotable talking point pre-COVID. Everyone compared everything back to- Back to that. Back yeah, to that. back to the GFC. Yeah. And now it's, well, that's not the benchmark COVID is. Albeit that there's been some differences in terms of reactions to the market and the economy. Nonetheless, it's a seismic event. Mm. And I'll talk about it for a thousand years. Yeah, and I agree with Phil that um, you know it's been an interesting last three years, right? So we've had several major milestones in terms of plans going astray because there are things that we can't control. And um, if you talk about it from a three-year time frame, anyone that has deviated from fundamentals and buried their hand in sand or have acted out of fear is going to hurt financially. And uh, what I propose to do today is Steve and I will probably highlight the fundamentals and the things that you need to look for to actually look at how you can progress in the next decade in terms of putting yourself in a position where you can look back in 10 years time and say that was a good journey. And one of the key things and the key element that we need to make sure that we address is that you can use the template of the last 10 years. So in the last 10 years, if the result that you've got right now is the product of your last 10 years, what do you need to change? What do you need to do differently? So if you haven't, and the adage there is that property is double in seven or 10 years, right? So if we use that adage today in our personal lives, have we doubled or increased our cash flow in the last 10 years? Have we increased or doubled our wealth position in the last 10 years? And if the answer is, yeah, I don't know, then perhaps we need to take a more formulated approach for the next 10 years, which is what we will discuss. And just to clarify a point that Vic made there, we're not saying that property doubles in no, seven no. years and that if it hasn't, it was a bad choice to begin with. That's not the case at mm-hmm. all. It's just a well-worn expression that's right that probably that's exactly every seven right. years, yes. and it doesn't so if you got uh, victor it's not the first time we've sort of touched on and we're not touching on today we're going to deep dive into it and it's going to be a two-part episode yes. uh, about design your decade so we're going to look at from naught to five years and then five years to ten years so make sure you tune in next month and we'll get stuck into what five to ten looks like and my decade i'm sort of coming towards the back end of of my first decade in property investment i'm happy to when we do that to share where i am in our portfolio with you guys and you know steve you're instrumental also victor in, in helping me create that and set that up and we spoke about it on the smart property investment show recently which has been really well received people it has yeah. love talking about it um so we'll have to share about that and I'm, I'm happy to be an example if you want to talk mm-hmm. about all the things that you can do wrong. Uh, <laughs> personally. I'm sure you qualify that, right? <laughs> But today's very much about starting off to year five. But, Victor, we've spoken about design, uh, your take out before, and I think it was probably about nine or ten months ago, and mm. it was only – it was sort of a, a short in passing comment, but – this is a concept that you formulated. Have you trademarked it? This is a Victor Kumar concept design your decade. Are you going to claim ownership? <laughs> no, I'm not. No? no, I'm not. It was something that we've been bouncing around for quite a while in terms of, okay, we've achieved and both Steve and I have been investing for well over 20 years. Mm. Yeah? And it was something that we are bouncing around to say, okay, you know what? Where do people go wrong? Right? Where do people go wrong? And it is in the period where they've done all the heavy lifting and then they're too impatient 
or too disorganized, and I say that in a nice way, too disorganized to reap the fruits of their labor. And then we then reversed engineer to say, let's put some milestones as to what what are those milestones, what are those pain points, what are those uh, the pivots in that journey. And usually, and that's why I've broken it into two parts, usually what you find statistically that most people sell their properties within the first five years of purchasing because they haven't done year one, two, three well enough to get to the year five and say, okay, no, where to from here? Because at year five, really, you come to a fork in the road yeah, in terms of what you're going to do and how you're going to then get to your end goal. But if we come back to right in the beginning, and then this is something, Steve, you and I have been banging on for what? Ages, right? Ages. I forget how long in terms of we've been saying this in, is that you have to start with the end in mind to yeah. begin with. It's interesting because when we look at the whole design your decade scenario, and today, as Phil mentioned, we're going to do years zero to five mm. and we'll do six to ten later, that if I had have known this in the beginning and had some direction rather than fumbled around, and to be clear, I was very lucky in my fumbling for the most, but I look back and I could have done this so much Steve better. Steve Waters, the fumbling investor. There's an next book. What was your book? Tom. What was your book called? <laughs> Supercharge your property portfolio. <laughs> it's by Victor Kamara and fumble your way through property investor by Steve Waters. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The accidental investor. No, he's yeah, a, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. the fumbling investor. <laughs> Will you write that? I'd for say me? bumbling. Will you write that for me? No. Okay, well, it's not going to happen then. <laughs> <Somebody> <laughs> <on> <laughs> you do an audio book. I think that's why you do books these days. No. No? No. We digress. Yeah, yes. we, <laughs> slightly. So, But if we had had some clear direction, mm. because when we first started, there was really nothing and there was no one. It was all paper-based and quite theoretical based on what could happen overseas because it was a closed shop, yep. if you will, in terms of people and knowledge and what have you. But I think people talk about fundamentals in terms of the property type. Mm-hmm. But no one really talks about it or goes deep enough in terms of, well, what about your fundamentals and, and what are the things that you should get right, whether it be an element of mindset, finance, goals? They're another set of fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. So years one. So that's a good point, too. So let's give some structure to how we can navigate this first five years. So there's a point in time where you stop being someone who wants to invest in property to being a property investor. And I say that that is that is a watermark for where we probably need to start from. So we'll go from year zero to five. Let's start at zero. So mm-hmm. zero is you're not a property investor yet. You're someone that wants to invest in property. And this is the fundamental, Steve. That was a good point that you made because you can have all the information in the world and, and a paper-based strategy but unless you execute and you know how to execute mm. it's really nothing it's still just a it's something out there it's still a wish and so you need some tangible milestones. does your decade start once you've bought a property no, no. it starts beforehand so what is the the gap between buying a property and starting beforehand can that be four years because for a lot of people i bet you it is look i'd say for some people it's over 10 yeah so this is a really important point absolutely so, so, for some people it's two months yeah it just really depends on how they apply themselves. But you, to apply yourself, you need structure mm. and you need benchmarks or attainable goals, milestones, yep. if you will, to hit so that you, at least you've got some wins under your belt so that you mm. feel like you're getting somewhere. Because this is the whole thing around about the design your decade. People talk about the end result. And so, well, you know, you can retire with a passive income and you know, drive Ferraris and so big boats. In, uh, intangible. It's, it's not tangible. Mm. And as you said earlier on, Vic, it gets to a point where all you feel like you're doing is cutting checks and you're actually not getting any traction. 
And that's the most dangerous part. That's around about year five, yep. which we'll do in another podcast. Yeah. So what happens in terms of most people's journeys is there is a transition point, right? And this is where it separates the um, successful investor to the punter. Yep. And the transition is getting from a consumer of information to an implementer of information. So you're implementing what you've got, right? So most people get stuck in the consuming the information because there's so much noise, there's so much information out here right now. When Steve and I started, the blessing in disguise was that there wasn't as much noise, there wasn't as much information. It held us back, but it also kept us safe as well. And we didn't get into over-analysis of, okay, which strategy, you know, where do I buy or do I implement this strategy or you know regurgitate fancy names and all this sort of stuff so this is where the transition happens so once you've done the transition of okay i've done enough of consumption of information it's now time to implement it you then need to then seek what the first step there is and that's where it comes in yeah it's a good point because the consumption of information it is so much more today because there is so much more information. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean it's the right information. There's just information. And depending on which way and how you consume it might amplify the time in terms of the journey, so to speak, or it might actually just hold you back because there's like a thousand strategies out there and you go, well, I don't know which one suits me and I don't even know what the first step mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is. Yep. And uh, to bring it back to an analogy, you know, if you look at it from a jigsaw puzzle point of view, the first thing you're going to do is have a look at the picture on the box. Right? Because that's what you're trying to create. Mm. And if you look at it from that viewpoint, that's the very first thing that we need to look at is that, okay, in a period of time, what are we really aiming for? Forget number of properties, forget where they are, forget how you're going to do it. What is it that you are really aiming for? And so, then the rest then becomes relevant because then you can pick the pieces and start perhaps with the corner pieces or start from the middle, whichever way you, you, you build up your jigsaw puzzle. So you're talking about goals, mm. right? Now, we're all well aware that you have to have some sort of a goal and that's the end goal. Yep. But that end goal is different to everybody. It could be an income goal. Mm-hmm. It could be a capital raising goal to buy the dream principal place of residence. It might be generational wealth hand down mm-hmm. or it might be a combination of the three of all three. And I think you mentioned earlier on in maybe the third podcast from here, we'll talk about that pay down yes. scenario rather than just transitioning debt into retirement. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how long between thinking about investing in property, should you start investing in property? What are the best investors do? We're talking about designing a decade, first five years. Yep. Where does it start? Is it a, a kernel of, of an idea that someone sits there going, oh, maybe I there'll be some catalyst, I imagine, Victor, when someone goes, I probably need to start thinking about my future. That's probably where most people start, yep. right? So I know we've got a lot of people listening to this right now who are probably in years 15 and 20, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, reminisce back to where you were 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and, and mind yourself why you did this. And this is the important point. It is an important point. And, but this isn't also just about people who are starting from scratch who have got no property. This is also a fundamental time for people that might have one, two, three, mm. or 100 properties. You can actually just- So you can reset and start your- Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Absolutely. what better time to reset than- during but after this is the catalyst, right? So what we're, so we're yeah. talking about catalysts. So you could be a property investor right now, and it's the catalyst to change what your next decade looks like. Because guess what? Things have changed fundamentally. So it's probably the right time to do it. Or if you're new to investing, this might be the catalyst to go. Hang yeah. on a second. Look what can happen. The people who were doing well through COVID, 
they've got a bit of few bucks in their back pocket and they're not stressed out right now and they're capitalizing on it. So when the next pandemic point. happens or the next critical incident happens, which changes the economic framework, you want to be the person in the best straight possible so you can reset your decade at that point in time. It's funny that you should say that because, and I don't know if we've mentioned this before, when COVID really hit mm. Australia, we were in Perth, mm-hmm. I think it was, and we nearly got caught there. And we quickly did a, a video for our clients just to give our thoughts around it. And some of the points, because I watched the video the other night to see how accurate we were on our predictions, which was spot on, let me tell you. It, um, but <laughs> Did so, you we, go back and edit or something? No. It, um, it probably, if I knew how to, I would. But some of the points we made was that this will actually sort the men from the boys, so to speak, in terms of strategy. For those that have done nothing other than concentrate on growth and let cash flow sort of go to the side because everyone was living large. There was good employment, there was good disposable incomes and the like. But just like the GFC, there's a crisis that's happened that's actually highlighted the potential pitfalls in portfolios. Mm-hmm. And just about every single one of those pitfalls will be revolving around cash flow. Mm. So we're not necessarily talking about high buying high yielding properties. We're talking about having the portfolio within the means of your cash flow tolerance within your household budget so that you're not you're not then scrimping and saving to actually hold on to a portfolio while there's a crisis on. And it could be as simple as liquidity. Yes. Yeah. We've talked about just about every single uh, mm-hmm. portfolio. So that actually brings us to the first point in terms of getting started or pivoting the portfolio, so to speak, and designing the decade is what are those tolerances? And it is all based around capital and cash flow because they're the two finite resources. They only go so far. And we often talk about the shortfall. And just so we're really clear about what the shortfall is, the shortfall is the cash in, cash out income difference or the difference between all income and expenditure. So just remember that we will refer to it as the shortfall. Yeah, without taking tax incentives into account. Or pre-tax. And so- because if you've lost your job, well, then the pre-tax scenario or the post-tax scenario doesn't really help. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the pre-tax scenario, the shortfall, is one of the fundamental cornerstones of a portfolio. And to be very, very clear, it is not what you save. It's not the savings from your you know, individual or combined incomes. It's what you are willing to contribute from the savings to the portfolio to sustain it. And there's a there's a very big difference between the two. And if you get that cornerstone component right, well, then there's a bench or a milestone that you've just achieved, which is around finances, to then go to the next corner. Yeah. So the importance is not to commit all of your surplus cash towards the investing. Otherwise, you're you're running very thin in terms of things get derailed, such as, you know, losing your job, such as the lockdown happening and all that sort of stuff. So what you're saying, Steve, in terms of clarification is that let's say you've got $800 a week that you can afford towards investing. You probably want to dial it back to half of that. Leave some in the tank. Mm. Yeah. And so the problem with it is, and I I don't want to paint ourselves into a corner here, but how can you plan for a crisis if you haven't experienced one? True. True. And like there's a difference between saying, well, I've lived through a GFC, but what were you doing during it? Mm -hmm. Did you live through it or did you invest through it? Yeah, and yep. so there are some lessons. Fairly important. There are some lessons that you take from that. Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, you can buy those lessons these days. You know what? I'd, I'd agree, only to a point, and you can buy those lessons. It's best to have the scar tissue, you know. But I, I think back to my journey in property investment. I wasn't investing during the GFC. However, I 
received the benefits from other people who invested through the GST because I was able to essentially invert a commas buy that experience. It's you guys. He's giving us a plug, Steve. Yeah, I know. I know. I know but, <laughs> but, but, no, but you know, I haven't really thought I about do. this before. Like, you know, and then this goes to having an A team, right? Like, mm. you know, getting the right people, doing the right things at the right time and leveraging. I love leveraging off other people's mistakes. Oh. People do it off, but I've made plenty of mistakes, right? That's oh. why I like to share them. Because do you know what? That's my next book. There you go. <laughs> 37, 37 chapters. 37 chapters. But no, but you, but you are Remember right. that place you got up, uh, Nelson Bayway? That's a cracker. That's, that's a really good property. That's going to be on the cover. <laughs> it, um, that's the picture on the cover. But you are right. Mm. If you're leveraging someone else's mistakes or experiences, that's smart. That, that's mm. smart. Yeah. But at least that person, hopefully they've made those mistakes. You'd hope so. You'd yeah. hope so. But I want to get back to this point. So you're either resetting for this next decade because of COVID or you're getting ready to capitalise the first investor after COVID and whatever in between. So there is some reason that makes you critically analyse your lot in life and mm-hmm. you go, I've got to do something about this. So this is pretty much when your decade starts. Absolutely. So and, it's and either for, a reset or it's a commencement. That's right. And for yeah. each person, it may be a different reset. It could mm. be you know, a marriage. It could be a child that's come in, into the family. It could be an employment situation change. It could be the lockdown itself, right? Yeah. So there's different catalysts that happen along the way. And it's actually recognizing it and then also recognizing where you are and knowing that whatever you've been doing so far, you need to change it to get a different result and get to it in a more structured manner so that you're not then marking time and burning unnecessary fuel along the way and getting the results a lot faster in a much safer and more structured manner. So you get going, you start. Okay, so so we're in year one. To your point, a lot of this is going to be driven by capacity to operate a portfolio. It's cash flow meets, capacity meets, drivers meets, objectives. So this is the bit that needs to happen at the start of your decade. It is, but don't concentrate too much on the end goal mm. in terms of your finance capacities because that will ebb and flow through that journey, so to speak. Mm. If the personal finances dictate that realistically you can only do one property for the foreseeable future, then do one property for the foreseeable future and then reassess, which is why we call it the designer decade. People seem to think that you need to buy as much as you can to begin with, and if that be the case, that be the case in a very deliberate, structured way. But if it means one, then it is one. Mm. It can be as easy as that, mm-hmm. but once again, it's based – so we're looking at the overall arching goal as an end result. we are still got to get started. Yep. yep. And you start with number one. Mm-hmm. Or if it's the second part of your portfolio. Might be number 50. It not, might be number 50. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so and that's a decision-making process. So you need to reset, realign, and create a strategy. And let's have a chat about this, Victor. A lot of people don't understand the difference between, and this is important for designing a decade, difference between strategy and tactics when yep. it comes to property investment. That's right. I think it's, let's go there. So the important thing is you're not looking at what you're buying where you're buying right now, mm. right? You're looking at what you're trying to achieve in terms of what are my – metrics right now in terms of capital, in terms of cash flow, and in terms of my my ability to do something, right? And, and my appetite to do something. So if you've got a lot of you know, moving parts happening in your life right now, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty, you really would want to reassess and square all of that away first before you actually start the journey, right? So again, coming back to the analogy of the jigsaw puzzle, it depends on how many pieces there are in the box to paint out the whole picture, to build the whole picture, right? So if it's a jigsaw puzzle for a five-year-old and there's about 10, 20 pieces there, that's what you've got to play with, right? And if it's a jigsaw puzzle for uh, what you've got is your place, Phil, it's 
2,000 pieces, right? So that's what you need to say. This is what we've got to deal with, right? And then, then from there, that's when you go back and reassess and to say, okay, what is it in terms of clarity of goal, not number of properties, not where we're buying, not what we're buying. What is it in terms of clarity of goal that I'm trying to achieve? And then reverse engineer to say, okay, this is where we are right now. Then there's some budgeting happening in terms of let's look at the household budget. And this could happen in a week. It could happen in a year, right? It depends on how motivated you are, how hungry you are, how organized you are to get your stuff together and then put it in front of a secondary set of eyes rather than just making the decision yourself. I've actually got a really good example of that from today. Mm -hmm. I spoke with a client who we did this 12 months ago and she has spent the last, she's a FIFO over in WA, and she has spent the last 12 months hitting and saving based on the initial strategy, if you will, part of the design and deco to hit that capital mark. Now that's taken her 12 months to get to that mark. For some, it might be immediate. But the importance here is the dedication that you give it. Because if you haven't got the dedication to actually go forward and be patient, mm. whether it be from a capital point of view or not, it's all irrelevant. Mm. Yeah. So time yeah. will ebb and flow from it. Strategic patience is what it's called. That's well, right. And, and um, uh, if I can relate an anecdote of um, about 15 years ago, I had done a talk at a networking group and um, I decided to be a bit funky and I hid $50 note underneath one of the chairs. And I said, you know, a lot of you are sitting on money. You don't know what, you know, that you are. And um, and then I said, oh, it's actually under your chairs, right? So most people, uh, you know, they peeked under the chairs, but they didn't, they didn't really bother getting up, right? Then I said, there's a string attached to this, but it is under your chair. The money is under your chair. So this lady got up pick the chair up, turn it upside down, and there it was stuck underneath the, the rail, uh, rail of the chair. And um, it was $50, no, $50 note, right? And um, don't, don't, don't say that, Steve. I was <laughs> going to say, moving. it definitely wasn't your money. <laughs> Steve was just moving forward to make that comment. <laughs> so predictable. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at that time, I didn't know that if you defaced a... Uh, it's a criminal offence. It's a criminal offence. So, so yeah. I, uh, what I did in a big flourish, I said, I put my signature on it. I said, I need you to set up your goals and the day that you're about to implement your goals, and we're talking pretty much similar to what we're talking right now, mm. I said, I need you to use this note to sit down with me and buy us a coffee and we'll debrief as to what will happen, right? Now, true to form, she came back four years later and said, I'm ready to get started. Now, she had literally no money, massive debt, and she's then given herself the focus to then get to that foundational point before she started, right? So. That's what most people lack in terms of clarity is that they're too much in a hurry to get started mm. without fixing the fundamentals first. Yeah, And that's where we started with fundamentals. And that must have been quite a serendipitous. It was a good moment. Yeah. It was a good that moment. It must have been nice. Mm -hmm. you, got, you got to pay that. Especially, <laughs> especially when I got my $50 back. <laughs> Did she buy a coffee you asked for the change the 42 no, bucks no, no, back? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, that's a really, a really good um, anecdote, Victor. I just want to pick you up on your jigsaw analogy and pick that apart a bit. Now, do you pick a picture apart? Pull the pieces apart a bit. <laughs> I, I don't mind the analogy saying that your jigsaw pieces gets more complicated the the wider and larger that your portfolio gets. So I would challenge that in saying everyone's jigsaw is fundamentally the same size. So when you talk about scalability with property investment, the management of it gets 
more complicated and sophisticated, but the pieces of it is still fundamentally the same. I would say the pieces get smaller. Get yep. smaller. smaller. But the number of pieces are still the same, right? There's, and the way I'm going with this, why are you buying somewhere? Where does it fit into a portfolio? You've got to pay rent on it. You need a mortgage. All the bits doesn't change. The bits in my stuff hasn't changed that much at all, mm-hmm. you know? So a lot of people, and sometimes I think my portfolio is hugely complicated, but I just went through an exercise. We spoke about it where I just broke it down to it's basic pieces and every property is identically the same. Hmm. They're just hmm. bigger numbers or smaller numbers. It's only zeros. It's only zeros. So how do you, you – know, a lot of people get scared about property investment and they think about design decades. Her decade started when she looked under a chair and, and found Absolutely. a $50 note. Yeah. But it took her four years mm-hmm. to actually take action. Yep. So she got then six years of actually being in the game of being in property investment. So that's when she started. Hmm. But all those pieces are the same. Foundations, fundamentals. Yep. I would – say that it's just that initial start mm-hmm. it, yeah the length of time is really irrelevant yep if we want to dial, sort of bring that into the design your decade scenario it's just the start or it's just the pivot mm. where you turn left instead of turn right if you've already got an existing portfolio but i think the very first part which is what victor's managed to highlight is it is finance like you can have all the grandest plans, but if you haven't actually got finance- You're not talking about finance and getting a, a mortgage. You're talking about the financial bit of in being a property yes. investor. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that might be a part education, but it's also- Change very, of habit as well. Change mm. of habit and very yeah. much practical mm-hmm. as well. So once again, cash flow and capital, the two finite resources. Yeah. And then it leads us, this is all within this first 12 months, mm-hmm. theoretically. So, again, so just to getting, then it's a finance discovery. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So coming back to the analogy, right? The capital is your engine. And the cash flow is your fuel to get you on a journey, right? So you mentioned finance discovery, right? So you mentioned that, so obviously when we clarify the goals and what we're aiming for, then obviously you need to come back to clarify how finance is going to work, how it is going to be, how is it going to be implemented? Can we even borrow or do we need to change our employment? Do we need to change our manner of which we are deriving income? So you've got to sit down in front of a finance expert to say, okay, I've got these beautiful goals. I've got all of these properties that I want to buy. I want to get to this goal. I've given myself five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever the goal is, right? How can I get started? Can I borrow? And there it is. Mm-hmm. And you might need to make some fundamental changes to be able to borrow into, and equal, this is your capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So if you take, say, our guys over at MLS, mm-hmm. they actually call that a scenario. Yeah. Where you will sit down with them and basically- They do your, a full fact find. Absolutely. Based on your current situation, what is your capacity? Mm. But capacity is only one part of the, yeah, the picture here. Then we have a capital. Mm-hmm. Because you could get pre-approved for- $800,000. I'm glad you brought that up, right? So a lot of people come to us and they say, look, I can borrow 800000 because the bank said I can borrow 800000 right? But then the capital they've got behind them is only $50,000. does not compute. It doesn't, mm. yeah. And that's, you just stole my point. Thank you. It's, um, <laughs> He's always a bit ahead I know, right? <laughs> Still the thunder, days of thunder. <laughs> so it, it is that. If you can borrow $800,000, that's irrelevant unless you've got the capital yep. to actually make that happen. And then the other part of the equation is, well, what can you really afford? Because let's not forget, the banks will service you and tell you what you can afford, mm-hmm. but only you know what you can afford. That's right. And that that Most people have blinkers on. They go, oh, the banks said I got four dollars $100,000. Banks are really smart. Geez, they've got really hard servicing criteria. I must actually be able to afford 800000 bucks. You see me in four years' time on today, tonight, going, I got stitched up by a bank. They should have known there was no way in the world I could afford $800,000. Mm. I went and bought- 10 off-the-plan apartments and I've got nothing left. And you know? quite the other way. I was speaking to a client the other day and, and they earn quite good dollars. And 
the bank has throttled him in terms of what he can borrow. And his rhetoric is, well, I, I can afford 10 times this. Mm. So it's really, it might be something as simple as how you derive your income. That's true. Or how you've structured your finance as well, right? Correct. So sitting down in front of an investment savvy broker is really important in this journey. Even for those who are just starting or even those who are mm. down the pathway, so to speak, there is a big, big difference between bank A, bank B, bank C and broker one, two, three yep. as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's put a peg in the ground here, Victor. Design your decade year zero to five. So we're talking about the foundational period. So there's going to be a category for you to rethink mm -hmm. and that might be a start or a pivot yep. then it's going to be an understanding appreciation of why you're doing it then it's going to be understanding appreciation of your financial capacity to do that mm -hmm. and then it's about starting on that journey which might be well, it has to involve buying a property. Yes. At some and, point and, in time, and, you've got to do that. You've right? got to do that, right. And, and we're not talking about designing – like there will be a design your decade for paying down debt, which is another mm. different one. So we're talking about the acquisition bit, yes. right? Then you've got to buy a property. So you buy mm -hmm. a property, you get your first property, and where it is, what it looks like, how much it costs, you know, house or unit, whatever state, is irrelevant in this conversation. That's something which it, requires something. I actually like you know. the way you put that because up until that point, until you actually put money – in mm. it's theoretical and you will never ever learn as much as then when you've got hurt money yeah in there yeah suddenly you, you, everything's you, amplified you see the world very differently right oh, you, very you see through a very different prism so you've bought a place mm -hmm. so and then it's five years so someone might go from buying a place in five years to having 10 properties you know i think within zero to five years we probably added 14 or 15 yeah you know we'll to make be it fair, though very different very different economic circumstances Absolutely. at the time, very different learning ecosystem. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Jeez, it was easy to get a mortgage back then. Well, uh, I mean, look what they gave it to, right? It, um, no, but it We've was. We've got a video of this. You can see I actually look like a vagrant. But anyway. <laughs> I tell you, but if you want to, if you, you should go back to some of the SPI videos when you were doing the renovations if you want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, true. It, um, it, uh, but everyone has a different fingerprint. And mm -hmm. so, therefore, the strategy, you can't shoehorn everybody into the same strategy. That's true. No. And so, That's whether means one or 14 is spectacularly different mm. and so too is the type of property mm -hmm. to begin with or but this is the strategy continue. piece right so let's talk about the middle bit between starting your decade commencing your decade mm -hmm. the middle bit between the first five years so two and a half to three years yep. and then we'll finish the podcast conscious of timing in a moment but What's the middle bit of these first five years look like? What's the investor look like, smell like, what they're focusing on, how are they approaching uh, portfolio development? Are they buying? Are they selling? You know, Tell us mm -hmm. about that. Okay. So once you've got your finance, obviously, you need to then formulate the strategy based on the finance. Because at the end of the day, this is a game of finance. And people, sorry to interrupt. People get that wrong. They yeah. get that about face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They yeah. find a property first and then they say, okay, get a finance to fit. Or they develop the strategy with no notion of what finance yes. is. Yes. Yes. So part of what we do is uh, when someone comes to us is that we do have a overall conversation with them. Then we then have a strategic implementation call with them once they've got finance in place because what we may have discussed in the initial phases may have to be honed down, fine-tuned based on the finance that's available. Once the strategy is put in place, then we purchase, obviously, then we bet down that property, right? Whether it is one property in the first 12 months, whether it is two properties, it depends on the amount of capital you've got, depends on the goals you've set, and depends on your risk appetite and what's happening in life. Yep. And so so year one really is preparation and execution. And so when, when I say year one, the first 12 months is all about preparation and execution. Yep. And reviewing. Yes. Right, yep. Which is essential. That's right. And then you fast forward that to year three. 
Year three is an important milestone because you're checking in. You're checking in just to see how you're traveling, what's changed, how has the finances and the moving parts within the portfolio changed, how has the finances in the family situation changed, you know, is the bubs on the way, is there new PPOR on the way, are you turning from PAYG to self-employed, or really you've had a good two, three years of purchase, it is necessary to check in. Now, in between one to three years, of course, after every single purchase, you need to sit down with a strategist and look at what the numbers are telling you now. What's the numbers telling you in terms of the journey or the um, speed at which you need to go or the, the roads that you need to take to keep tacking back towards, aiming towards the goal. If you're not doing that, then you're just buying for the sake of buying because each purchase is very, very pertinent and needs to complement. So if you're buying property number one, you need to be then looking at how does this impact from a finance and cash flow point of view in terms of property number two and what does property number two look like because of property number one and therefore property number three. Yeah, and property number two needs to complement property number one and number three needs to complement numbers one and two and that might be either and being quite general here, we might be looking to create capital because we've got the cash flow component right or it might Mm -hmm. actually be quite the opposite because that goes back to the shortfall number, yes. the tolerances for your shortfall right. number. And I can't stress how important that is because that is the epicenter mm. in terms of finance, what you physically can afford to create the portfolio. Yeah, yep. and so if you look at it from a foundational property point of view, there's only really four types of properties, right? The properties that you can pay off relatively quickly, and then the properties that if you're able to create equity relatively quickly. Manufacture. Yeah, manufacture it. And the property that's generational. So it could be, as an example, in one of my portfolio, you know, a six acre block with a house and a granny flat on it that I could subdivide at some point in time. You know, that could be generations down the track, right? And then the fourth one is the underpinning property, which is your perhaps a commercial property, not necessarily in the same order, could be in any order depending on your circumstances, depending on how opportunity arises. But you'd be looking at it from, okay, the cash flow property is the underpinning property for the foundational properties. And whilst I've said four, it could only be two properties. It could be just the one property. It depends on your personal circumstances, but you can paint it any which way. There are only four types of properties you can buy. And just to also reiterate that, one property, if all you ever do is purchase one property, you are so far ahead of the curve compared yes. to the general populace, yeah? Absolutely. However, one property is certainly not going to get you to that grand planned mm. goal. But it also doesn't. It also means that 101 is not going to as well. Don't get stuck on the numbers of number of properties. Yeah, yeah. and so exactly. My point is don't get stuck on the number of properties. Get stuck on the streams of income. Yes. So it's multiple streams of income because property number two actually might be number one with a secondary income behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah. For those that are listening to us for the very first time, if you go back to all of our episodes and you listen to the diversification episode, and we'll put it in the show notes, this will explain it really, really well in terms of with the various things that you need to diversify in your investment journey so that you're keeping yourself financially safe all along the way. Yeah. So this period, it just seems like a cyclical loop of, you know, refresh, recharge, re-engage, re-buy, et cetera, et cetera. 
Not necessarily no. rebuy. There will be times where you are will either choose to consolidate mm. or you're forced. forced or forced to consolidate. To consolidate. So that, that can happen in that period. So let's get to uh, the fifth year, Victor. Is, is there like a five-year rich where, where people start getting a bit sort of, oh, God, I've been at this for five years now. I'm a bit fatigued or I've lost my mojo, <laughs> yeah. you know. We're actually it, it, we're looking at each other smiling. Smiling here. Go, Vic. Go. Well, five, if you look at it statistically, right, most people sell their investment properties in five years because they bought it for the wrong reason. So, you know, they haven't started in the right way to begin with. But in terms of designing a decade and um, looking at the progression of your portfolio, five years is a check-in where you now have got a fork in the road where you can choose to double down or start looking at, okay, how do I actually get to my goal with mortgage retirement and all that? And it could mean that you've got really, you know, two distinct types of properties in your portfolio, whether it is one property, two properties, 10 properties, one something that you can do with, which is your dynamic property, and one that is your stable property, which is something that, you know, is a set and forget, it plugs along, does what it does in the years to come, and doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, just fast forwarding a bit, because that's like podcast three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll steal a bit of that thunder. What Victor is saying is that theoretically there are two portfolios. We'll call it standard for want of a better word. They're your, not set and forget, but they're your forever portfolios. And then the theoretical portfolio B or two is your dynamic portfolio. That's where we're, you've got a, an element of sophistication now because you've been doing this for a number of years mm. and that we're looking to chunk down mortgages. We're looking yes. to retire the debt. Yeah, but we'll talk about that in another podcast. But I want to just highlight something that Victor said about the foundations, or it might have been you, Phil, is that in realistically there are four corners to the foundations and the foundations need to be strong enough, resilient enough to actually support the building, therefore the rest of the portfolio. Mm-hmm. If there's a weak corner because you've taken shortcuts, then the whole building crumbles. The whole empire, if you will, crumbles when you hit a time of crisis, i.e. now, i.e. the GFC. And one of those, usually, I should say, the weak corner of the foundation is cash flow management. Yes, Every I single agree. time. So year five is almost a mini reset. It's mm-hmm. sit back, look at all the numbers, but also pre-plan. Even though we're always pre-planning, it's pre-planning for the what if. Mm. Life change, kids, education, marriage, divorce. Restructure the mortgages. Whatever it may be. Yeah, because by the time the mortgages might not be as sharp in terms of what they're doing for you in the portfolio and helping you unfold the bigger picture. So it might be a time to then reset and restructure the mortgages at that point in time. Well, let's let's look at that. Let's imagine today is day one Mm -hmm. of the Design Your Decade and let's fast forward five years. I think it'd be a fairly safe assumption to say that the lending environment won't be what it is today. Absolutely not. Right now, I know there's a lot of rhetoric around, well, we're in for low interest rates for the next gazillion years, but I would certainly challenge that. It didn't take, rates were only going up 18 months ago. Yep. And look how quick that can turn around. So if you're actually not pre-planning for the what if, you'll become a statistic. That's right. And an important thing over there also is that in year five, usually with most lenders, is that's when your mortgages turn from interest only to principal yeah. and interest. So right? it wasn't. It was like, what, six months ago, people were talking about that cliff face four where mm-hmm. all those other people were going to roll over yeah. onto interest yeah. and P&I. Yeah, And well, you don't come to year five and start planning this. You're planning this all along the way in terms of as soon as you bought the first one, you're already planning for, okay, what's happening in year five when the mortgages turn, right? So mm. uh, we're resetting and recalibrating all along the way to make sure that cash flow demand 
from your portfolio does not outstrip the cash flow that you can provide. That's a really good point. And just to give some a case study on that, when a lot of our mortgages and some of them, right, not not even a lot, when some of our mortgages switched to P&I and haven't refinanced them, listen, P&I, it increased our negative cash flow by about 30%. Hmm. on our just like that just like that overnight in a heartbeat and for some reason it all happened at the same time so it was already negative cash flow so it's quite a large portfolio and we spoke about i think it costs us top of my head about three grand a year per property um it added 30 percent to our holding costs negative holding costs Mm pre-tax with stuff moving to penal yeah so if you hadn't planned for that Mm. you're in all sorts of grief you're in a lot of you're in a lot of trouble Hence, the reason the most, review. And yeah. hence also why most people then sell properties as well at that point in time because they've come to this cliff face and they haven't pre-planned for it and then they don't know which way to pivot. That constant review, the constant uh, subtle realignment of the mm. portfolio and the mortgages hasn't happened all along the way. Because the natural instinct is to run for the hills, yes. bracket, sell the property. It's Probably an easy yeah. out when often it's the, it's the worst out. And, you know? yeah, and Murphy's Law will have it that it is the worst part of the market to do that. Yeah. And the reality is that you've done all of the heavy lifting all of it. All of it. And you're pretty much selling just when it's start, the curve is starting to take off. Mm. Yeah. Good. Victor, a lot of people probably listening to this going, that's already good. Great narrative. That's easy for you guys. You know what you're doing. I'm confused. I'd love to design my decade, but I don't know how to. Any tips, any recommendations? How do you get going, mate? Look, one of the things that we find is that a lot of people consume the information and then they're sort of not sure as to what the first step is to take. Mm. And um, what I'd like to do is uh, for the first 20 people, and I'm sorry, Steve, I'm going to mess up with the diary as well. Uh, For the first 20 people that will send us an email uh, at questions at writepropertygroup.com.au, we will sit down with them. So either myself or Steve will sit down with them and help them assess where they are. Now, this is whether you are a beginning investor or you've already got a portfolio. We'll sit down and help you realign to say, okay, this is what you need to do in year one, as in the next 12 months. And this is what you need to do by year three, so that you've got a bit of a template to then start the journey or realign the journey. And that way you can then look to maximize your capital and also leverage with intellect, right? So that it is actually getting towards a um, scenario where You've been listening to this all along and we will then come in as, if I can use the word, coaches to help you coach to actually realign to say that this is what your next step should be. Just to reiterate that too, it's not just for the beginners, it's for people that may have an established portfolio Mm -hmm. already. Yep. And you can use this time as to have myself or Vic review your portfolio and give you some action steps. Mm. Yeah. And that's good for people in Sydney. Do you guys do things over Zoom? I know you probably do. You're probably technically sophisticated, Victor, but this Luddite over the way is. Yeah. I don't know. Can you do it by courier pigeon? I- <laughs> It'll we'll take a decade to go to the other side. <laughs> It'll be the end of the decade before you even get started. No, like Zoom is – I would do 30 Zooms a week. So okay. Zoom is – Zoom's okay. I mean, there's a silver lining to COVID and that is – Leverage of time. Zoom works. Mm, Yeah. But look, we are getting some mobility now. You Mm -hmm. can share screens as well. It's pretty easy. At least then if someone's got, if they're doing a portfolio review, they can show what spreadsheets they've got and you can actually dig down and get quite detailed, right? Yeah. I'm actually glad you brought that up. Mm. So if you do email questions at Rye Property Group and you want someone to review your current circumstances because there's a couple of properties in there and you need some direction or a second opinion, if you will, please, please, please at least- Do some pre-work. Do some pre-work. 
use this this opportunity to get real, and that might take a week's worth of pre-work. Well, you, it don't might want take to, a minute. you don't want to spend time with, with you guys for you to go, you don't know anything about your portfolio, go and put your numbers together then so we can actually have a proper conversation. Correct. That's where you need to be. Uh, but I know so when you catch up with me, my portfolio, you've you've seen how detailed and the you, way I do it. It gives us every bit of information that we need in order to and Just why to, don't you to use argue. that as a visual? Is that on the SPI side? Well, what I'm going to do, and I've had heaps of email, like literally heaps of emails of people going, Phil, how do we get the hands on on this spreadsheet that you use, this magic Phil Tarrant spreadsheet? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave one property in it and I'll, I'll get rid of all the other details, but I'll leave one real property in there and essentially it's absolutely everything to do, how it is, and then how many properties you've got, you can just fill in this, that all the formulas and stuff will be there. So Let me tell you, give you a real- anyone who's listening, when because I know the spreadsheet clearly mm. quite intimately, and when Phil and I go through this spreadsheet, it is you are scrolling left for years. <laughs> It is long, and mm. yeah, but it's quite detailed. But so it, it's detailed, so but, it but, should but, be. But, so all people need to do, I'll, I'll highlight the input fields, so that way people can actually just chuck your numbers in. And and if people want to, like you know, I think the fact that you guys are making this offer, I you know, it's it's really good because you get a lot of value out of it. Even if you use that as a mechanic, so you got your own. Uh, what's your portfolio, portfolio tracker? tracker? Yeah, portfolio is, tracker. Can, can people get the portfolio yeah, absolutely tracker? they can. That's probably yeah. better. It's probably yeah. a little bit more. That has um, been downloaded. E- probably. Yeah, I think we made it might be a bit user friendly. Your portfolio tracker than, compared to yours. Yeah. I would probably suggest that our portfolio tracker is a great first step yeah, for those that don't there. have one. Yours is next level excellent, mm-hmm. but then there's an element of sophistication around It's probably that. too much. How yeah. do you get portfolio tracker? Same place? Same place. Uh, questions yeah. at rightpropertygroup.com.au. Put uh, portfolio tracker in the header and uh, we will send it out to you. But certainly if you want to sit down with myself and Steve and assess your situation and help you get started in the right direction, questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au. And um, Steve, you wanted to add to that? So I just put my thumb up. Yeah, he just put his thumb up. Yeah, and so, <laughs> is that a thumbs up? As sorry, in? He, was, he thought he was on Facebook and that's why he's giving me a thumbs up, right? He liked it, what I said. Well, actually, no, I'm glad you said that though because we do fortnightly, which would, I don't, I'm not sure which sync this podcast will go out with the Facebook Live, but we do that every fortnight uh, of a Thursday at evening? Six, yeah, evening at 6.30 p.m. And, of course, there's a quadrillion podcast that we've done. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, you can go through. It just, just keep scrolling through. And, and I'm really interested how you found us as well. If um, you're connecting with the Smart Property Investor Show, that's great. But if you just stumbled on this podcast, let us know as well. Questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au. We're going to do a questions uh, episode as well, Victor, at a point in time. Yep. Let's make yep. a commitment Probably later to do this that. year. Yep. Later this year, that'll yeah, be So really keep good. your questions coming. We, we are compiling all of those. So for those that have already sent the questions – we have got them and apologies if we haven't responded to you, but we will get to that in a podcast so that it becomes an educational piece for everyone rather than just uh, addressing your situation. Or come onto the Facebook Live and we do we'll our best. Ask it. It. Yeah, you do yes. it there. Do yeah. our best. And if, look, Give them a hard time about it as well. Absolutely. Just say we're lazy and everything. Like, <laughs> you've got plenty of time. But, if you, but just in terms of that Facebook Live, because it's such a great medium in terms of communication, considering the lack of mobility. Mm. If you don't know when that is or, you know, you don't know the sync, just email questions at Right Property Group mm. or shoot you out What's the, the Facebook that. page called? Right, right Property Group. group. Okay, yeah. just look at Right Property Group, you'll find it. And that's with an R, not a W. Correct. Yeah, I know. If we had to rename the company, I'd probably name it, you know, Bill and Ben or something like that because the amount of times we've got to spell it. That's true. <laughs> Steve's Property Shop. <laughs> the, the property shop. The no, there, property, is, there, there is a property shop. shop. That's yeah. good. Really enjoy that, gents. That's um. Oh, I, I think we navigated that pretty well. First five years designing your decade, and and the important bit in that is the your everyone's decade is different. It's like a fingerprint, right? No one's decade is the same. No, Steve. two is the same DNA. So and get your head around that because uh, if someone gives you an off the shelf decade, it's probably the wrong thing for you. Absolutely. What's mm. that, Philip? 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for coming in. I really enjoyed it. I uh, hope you enjoy that, everyone. And please, um, I'll just check them out before I come on air. Uh, all the reviews for Investing Insights, the right property group, please keep them coming. We get a real kick out of it. Myself, uh, I know uh, Steve and Victor are right on the front line, so they're receiving this stuff every single day, but I do look at them and I do enjoy the reviews. And, you know, thankfully, uh, gentlemen, most of them are five stars. So well, I, I mean, most all of them. I think I'm, I was surprised by that. I thought Victor would at least get the occasional four star, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's really good. No, but please keep them coming because it helps us shape shape the narrative and shape the conversation and, and how we approach the podcast. So do me a huge favour uh, if you can please uh, send them through. Just look up wherever you're listening to this right now on the podcast channels, Investing Insights with the Right Property Group by Right Property Group, and please do that. Uh, we'll be back again next time. Until then, bye bye. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature, does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you.